Hello, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series in which we interview KPMG leadership and subject matter experts, as well as third-party and client executives and thought leaders on key global business, socioeconomic, and geopolitical market trends and topics. My name is Stan Lapique, the lead market research and thought leadership effort for the KPMG Global Management Consulting Practice, and I'm your host for this podcast series. And I'm pleased to have back with us here again today, Gary Silberg. Gary's a member of the U.S. firm. He's a partner, and Gary heads up automotive and transportation for KPMG. So, Gary, thanks for joining us here again today on Advice Worth Keeping. We have an exciting topic to talk about today, and that is autonomous delivery. So, Gary, last time you were on, we talked about autonomous vehicles, so kind of extending that topic. Today, we're going to talk about autonomous delivery or the use of autonomous vehicles such as drones or self-driving cars to deliver goods such as groceries, something that is rather futuristic but actually is a reality today. Tell me what's going on today in the world of autonomous delivery. So, Stan, we think it's an incredibly exciting topic and wrote a white paper that we titled Autonomy Delivers an Oncoming Revolution in the Movement of Goods. And we use the word oncoming revolution purposefully because we believe that the current trend, which I think many of our listeners already are, quote-unquote, pushing the button for delivery of goods right now, you just wait and see when this becomes autonomous and the cost per delivery is next to free, it's going to explode and it is going to be a revolution in terms of movement of goods and consumer behavior that people really don't understand now. Very exciting times in our view. How do you see consumer behavior changing then as autonomous delivery becomes much more mainstream? Before we get to the consumer side, because I think pushing the button is really the key driver on this, but I want to talk a second on economics of what's happening in the industry. SoftBank, I think, is the world's largest venture capital. They just recently announced a $940 million, so close to $1 billion investment in a company called Neuro that my guess is most of our listeners have never even heard of. Neuro. Who is Neuro? What does Neuro do? And how the heck did they just get a billion dollars from SoftBank? Well, Neuro is a self-driving delivery vehicle for groceries. And it is awesome. It is only made for groceries. And Stan, when you and I chatted last time, you'll recall, we talked about the vehicles of the future being what we refer to as mission-specific. And what we meant by that specific example is like a grocery delivery and an autonomous vehicle using all the same technology. A week after that SoftBank announced this, this little company called Amazon <laughs> announced that they bought a self-driven little bot. I don't know if you've seen the video. It's a super cute little thing that will go down the sidewalk and give you, quote-unquote, the last mile or last 50 yards or 100 yards delivery of your goods from Amazon. And then Amazon just announced with Sequoia, and they didn't give the number how much they spent, but a company called Aurora. And Aurora is an amazing self-driving car technology they use for the software that drives it. But the software for self-driving cars is the same software that you would use on delivery vehicles. And they made a massive investment there. And then they also, this little company called Amazon, just recently invested in a company called Rivion. And Rivion, and they spent, this is public, $700 million, and they're an electric truck company. So if you're putting all the dots together here in the last literally 45 days, 
you've had two of the world's largest tech-slash-venture capitalist groups spending billions of dollars all in the area of delivery. And a day doesn't go by. In fact, I just saw in the Wall Street Journal, they're talking about delivery wars of self-driving vehicles. This whole movement of goods in our white paper was incredibly prescient. And the investments, we are in the early stages, but they are in the billions, and it's super exciting. So I just want to give you that background before I get into the consumer side. But I think that should be helpful for a lot of our listeners in terms of this isn't pie in the sky. These are real and big, big dollars and big bets being placed. Does that make sense, Stan? Yeah, it does. And I think that's a very helpful background. And I have seen Amazon's spot, and it is quite cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good, good, good. To your question on consumer behavior, and I think that's a great question. Everybody who's listening to the podcast, you know, how many of us already have Amazon and how many of us already have Amazon Prime? And I jokingly say, you know, we're a nice Jewish family that lives in Lincoln Park in Chicago, and every day's Christmas at our house. You know, we, we get delivery after delivery of packages. Hell, we didn't even get four deliveries the same day. And I think what that tells me, and I think a lot of our listeners, I bet you, you're all pushing the button all the time and you're getting deliveries. So the consumer loves us already, and we are in the early stages in terms of consumer behavior. But when it becomes autonomous, and you can get it to you in minutes potentially or at least less than an hour. It could be delivered by drone. It could be delivered anywhere in the world where you're at. It's a game changer. And the behavior when you get the cost and the economics right could be way more dramatic than we're going to see on actually the delivery of people. I say that when you move people around with autonomous vehicles. Let me give you an example, Stan. Do you like to shop? Are you a clothing guy? Or do you like going to the mall? Is that something you really get excited about? <laughs> I haven't been to the mall in 15 years. And to your point, I just, there you go. <laughs> I just got the daily Amazon delivery out of the mailbox at lunch, and I just saw that I had a notification we'll have one here by dinner. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. Let's take two use cases. Let's take shopping for clothes. Already people are pushing the button. And when it's autonomous, the cost per mile is essentially nothing. What people used to do, or at least myself, I won't speak for all men here, but we didn't enjoy going shopping, and I didn't, and going to the mall. So we would aggregate. In other words, when I went to the mall, man, I bought because <laughs> I didn't want to go back. Spent a lot of money on one time and got it all over with. And before we would take the kids to school, you know, we'd go clothes shopping, and that was it. Get it done, be done. Now, because we can disaggregate it, just like you said, you can push the button. When it's autonomous, those numbers, we projected some of these out, are so significant where you can order on the hour. Think about buying clothes or shoes or whatever you need for an event and you need something immediately. You can kind of get that through Amazon now, but when it's autonomous, it opens up the door to so many different options. I'll give you one simple example. One of my good buddies in Silicon Valley is a venture capitalist. His son works in San Francisco and lives in Menlo Park. And forgot his sneakers of all things. For him to drive all the way back to Menlo Park and then to go to back to San Francisco to play basketball after work would have cost a fortune in time. So he was able to get for I don't know how much. He needed new shoes anyhow. So he got the things delivered. I think he got it within a few hours. I forgot what it is. We think when it's autonomous that you will be able to order in less than an hour anytime pretty much in most cities in the world maybe even less than a half an hour if it's that urgent. And even in some cases, depending on what the good is, 15 minutes or less. 
that's a game changer for a lot of people, for a lot of different missions and a lot of different things. So this has to be watched. But our trend thinks that this, the consumer's already pushing the button. You just wait till it's autonomous. These numbers are going to explode. So what's that do then for the traditional brick-and-mortar stores? I mean, we've obviously seen what's happened to them as a result of Amazon and other online retailers. We saw what's happened to Sears. Is this going to help traditional firms by leveling the playing field and giving them a way to have the ability to deliver things like an Amazon? Or is this only going to make it worse for them? I was listening to CNBC earlier today, and they were talking up discount stores such as Dollar General and TJ Maxx, saying that people still like to go out, but if they go out, they want to get something cheap. That may or may not be, but what does this do to traditional stores? Is this going to help? Is it going to hurt? Or is it really going to be a question of how traditional retailers take advantage of it if they can? I think your latter is the right way to think about it. I'll preface it. There will be disruption because of this. There's no doubt about it. There will be winners and losers. The fact that the scale of a big online provider can deliver these much cheaper and they have their online leverage is powerful, and that is what you've seen, especially for certain goods. Let's take Uber, for example, Uber Eats. Uber Eats has allowed, and they're going to have delivery of food. If you take that service to all the mom-and-pops retail, that they can actually deliver to their customers a differentiated product and service because they now have access to autonomous delivery that's inexpensive, that's a game changer in a positive way for them as long as they can make that experience more personal. And I think people like that. That being said, they've got to be savvy enough, they've got to be smart enough to be able to adopt and how that may play out. I'll give you an example. In my neighborhood, we have a nice burger place. It's kind of a cool local burger that everybody loves. And I was talking to the owner the other day. He said, you know, people order a burger and want it delivered, you know, even though they live like five, ten minutes away. And so he was saying how expensive, you know, he has to have the delivery service and they got to go there and on and on. It's very expensive. Consumers don't want to pay a big fee. So the fact that they're ordering more and, and being delivered to them is good the cost side is difficult for them. So this could be a huge bonus for those type of folks. The other thing I would say is the experience. And you were talking about dollar where they get something inexpensively. And I, I think in our research, we track what is referred to as dwell time. One of the nuanced findings we saw is that people do like to shop in certain cases, and it's reflected in what they refer to as dwell time. How long do they stay in a location? And one example was like Costco. A lot of people like to go to Costco and touch and feel, and, you know, you got doors interestingly laid out, and then there are wine people, and there's clothes. So I think that if you're in the retail game, that experience of going out to a store and making it meaningful and differentiated for a consumer will be really important. And if you have goods that provide that, I think that would be fantastic. If you're in a business that's easy to push a button and get delivered to you and it's not differentiated, then you've then you got some risk. You could be disintermediated out with this business. So it's a mixed bag, I would say, from that regard. Does that make sense how I described all those different types of scenarios? It does. I think in particular your point around how it's, at the economics of it is going to make it much more viable for places such as restaurants to do delivery because you're right, it eats up what's already a very thin margin in uh, traditional delivery methods. So Gary, then maybe to wrap up, what does this mean to infrastructure and roads? Because obviously drones are small and they can fly, but if you look at some of the autonomous vehicles like the Amazon robot, it takes up a bit of space. And as you know, and anyone who's been in New York around lunch, 
today, you already have to watch out. You don't get run over by everybody delivering lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And this delivery method is going to take up more space. So what does this mean for infrastructure and roads? Are we just going to get run over by these robots? (laughs) (laughs) By the drones? (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be, well, we're going to phrase in our paper, we call it islands of autonomy, and we think that these will roll out in these metaphoric islands, and the island of Manhattan is certainly an interesting island in and of itself to think about in terms of delivery. Do you remember when people, things in their ears, they were talking wirelessly? Yeah, we all thought they were like, oh, my God, this guy must be off his rocker here. He's talking to right, himself. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, no, they got something in his you know, And then after a while, we get used to it. I think, uh, I'm not saying it's going to be this simple, but the fact that, you know, in five years from now, we'll be sharing the sidewalk with these little uh, robots, I think will be pretty much some cities that you're going to see that. And we'll get used to it. Somebody has to be, well, what, what if somebody steals the robot or what, you know, you know, all right. the nefarious actors out there are pushing in the wrong way, you know, and on and on and on. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be figured out from an infrastructure perspective and where they go and how they go. And I, and I don't profess to have all the answers, certainly in there. You can understand is that this will have to be figured out by island. Just like everybody has a cell phone, I think one day we may have even our own robot. I know that sounds weird right now, but you know, you may get your own robot for the holidays and they go out and fetch stuff for you and bring it back, right? I mean, that is not out of the realm of things or there'll be a robot that will come to you and deliver it. And I think over time we'll get used to it. Seems like a bizarre thing right now, but having one and having a guardian angel with you, um, I think it's cool and uh, interesting future for us. I'm quite optimistic on it. It doesn't come for free. No need to be infrastructure and roads and development on that, that's for sure. And figuring out a clever way in the best islands and where that will play out and how that will play out is another podcast for us to discuss, Dan. How's that? All right, let's do that. But I agree. I think five to ten years out, this will be old hat, just as already in a lot of cities you're used to dodging people on scooters and people just get used to it. Yeah. And there'll be a generation that'll grow up wondering, you know, how did you get by without your robot? The idea of a personal robot, <laughs> exactly. that does sound very cool. I want to get one of those. I, I'm kind of an early adopter, so I'll keep my eyes open. Let me know if you hear of any of them. <laughs> I'll do that for you. I'll do that for you. Okay, Gary. Well, thanks a lot for your time. As always, very educational and very entertaining. So, again, appreciate your time. And for our listeners, paper Gary mentioned, you can get to that. There'll be a link off the landing page for this podcast. But, Gary, thanks again, and we'll definitely get you back to continue the discussion. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. And you can find the links to the items you referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash us slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.